Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Turf Football Podcast. Today, we started with the new season for Premier League and the first game week that already happened across the weekend. It was a very exciting game week with very thrilling matches. And today, we are going to be basing our discussion around it. In our panel, we have Abro. Hey. Yash. Hey, guys. Digvijay. Hey, everyone. And Tushar. Hello, everyone. I'm Abhay, and I'm going to be informally kind of guiding the discussion along. All right, so I think we'll kind of start with the match recaps, then kind of move on to players, uh, more specifically, the good performances and the bad ones, and then end with what to expect from Game Week 2. So starting off, I think what we have to discuss is the number one match of the season which was Liverpool Leeds, and oh, what a match it was. So, uh, three goals scored uh, against the defending champion. Uh, what do you think about this new Leeds side, Tushar? Oh, man, Premier League is well and truly back, and Leeds showed uh, that they are here to stay. Uh, so, like, they really pushed Liverpool to the brink. I mean, it really... Uh, I really thought for a moment that champ- the defending champions would le- lose points in the very first game week. Uh, so yeah, pretty entertaining game. The things that I noticed, uh, first of all, the fearless football that Leeds played. I mean, uh, it was a really high press backline that uh, uh, it was a really high backline that they uh, uh, that they played in this game. Like they they were showing that they were not afraid of this Liverpool side. I mean, I don't think so that that high is really sustainable in the Premier League. But it was, uh, uh, nevertheless, it was great to watch. Also, Liverpool had their defensive woes. Uh, they did show at the end of the season that their defence uh, is not what it was in the beginning of last season. And that has continued uh, in the game week one as well. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Liverpool's defence ha- has been fragile since the end of last season. Uh Liverpool has been playing the same team for the past three years and one cannot expect them to be at the same level every season. Especially when they don't have uh, much of a very creative or very good midfield. The midfield consists of mainly Henderson, Fabinho and Wijnaldum and they are workhorses, they are system players and Klopp has used them very well but I don't think that uh, they'll perform at their 2017-18 2017-18 or 2018-19 best this season and that was clearly seen in the game versus Leeds where the defence and the midfield were not as good as they have been before and thus they conceded three goals. Yeah, I think the problems we were seeing uh, in the past season with um, personal errors at least defensively coming in from Liverpool stars such as Van Dijk, uh, Alexander-Arnold and uh, kind of the Liverpool defence in itself failing to uh, defend well against actual high-pressing teams. I think that's a real problem for Liverpool uh, right now that they have to address. And and I think something uh, with the midfield can probably help sustain uh, the two-pivot situation that they, they wa- they'd want to run with Fabinho and Wijnaldum. Uh, but however, that is something they have to look for. 
and of course the signing of Thiago might be a step in the right direction if that is the case. Uh, but yes, uh, quite promising from Leeds to say the least. Uh, coming into first game week, facing the defending champions, scoring three goals. And two of them quite beautiful. At least the Harrison one. An absolute beauty. Probably in contention for goal of the week as well. But coming to the next kind of match for the top six that was kind of important coming into this game week was Chelsea-Brighton. Uh, I think that, that was a very interesting match where both Havertz and Werner premiered for the Chelsea side. So, uh, Digvijay, what are your views on the match? Yeah, the two German signings that were made by Chelsea in this transfer window obviously played. I would say the standout performer that, for that particular game would definitely be Werner. I mean, his off-the-ball work rate was amazing. That He never stopped running. He was continuously chasing the ball and he was trying to create chances and, you know, just uh, want to ha- have his stay at the goal. But obviously, he didn't get it. I feel with time he'll improve. One thing, one thing I feel is that he's not good at uh, he's not very good at his hold-up play, and I feel that other players at Chelsea, uh, more than scoring goals, they create chances by uh, holding the ball and uh, by linking up the play. So I feel that if he improves at that, he'll definitely be one of the best strikers Chelsea would ever have. And uh, I guess that's all. I mean, I would disagree with that. I think that Werner is great at link up. It's just that it is new for him to play that uh, sole striker role. Uh, the hold up play thing that would come to him naturally because I think that Werner, uh, uh, even though I think that Werner's best position is at left wing or as the second striker, I think that he can do pretty well as the sole striker as well. And uh, he's definitely the number one striker at Chelsea right now. Tammy and uh, Giroud, as great as they are, are nowhere close to the level of Werner. I mean, Werner is like an elite talent, if I may say so. Uh, so, yeah, I think that we should put some respect on his name. Oh, 100%. I think Werner's performance in this match was uh, evidence to the same fact. The fact that our, uh, Werner played was in so many good positions to receive the balls. E- even though there was some miscommunication with Loftus-Cheek not really being up to his mark. And, and that kind of broke down a lot of the attacks. But you could always see Werner be in a very dangerous position and always positioning himself for success. And the runs that he makes, the kind of pace that he brings to the Chelsea side is something that is going to be very deadly for any teams that are going to face him. But I, I think... About Loftus-Cheek though, I mean, the dude has been injured for like, what, five years? <laughs> so I never expected him to play really great in his first game back. Uh, yeah. Maybe... Maybe if Havertz takes up his position in the next game, even Havertz will do well and uh, Loftus-Cheek can be eased into the team further into the season through cup games or other such Yeah, games. Havertz was obviously not up to the mark. The price that Chelsea has paid for the, uh, such a player and the talent such as he, well, he should have performed really well. But still, it, is, well, it, has, uh, it has not been long since he signed for Chelsea and I think he'll improve with time. And considering that they had no wing, proper wingers playing at that particular game, Chelsea did quite quite well against Brighton. Right. I, I just feel like uh, to include the price tag based on one match's performance is pretty stupid. Uh, the, the fact is, Havertz played a few good balls and he was decent in the team. 
he hasn't trained with the team for too long he hasn't been in practices there's so much link up play that uh, at least a center forward has to do that is the position that requires the most team chemistry and I, and i think we are actually going to look at havertz true potential in the coming weeks and I, and i think it's just too soon to actually decide on whether that was a justified buy or was it a good buy of course he needs time to adjust plus uh, brighton played well with lampty and uh, the others it wasn't a very easy game for chelsea and for a newcomer like havertz who trained for just 4 days and had played had been playing out of position it was a decent game for the new signings in my opinion i mean i mean exactly uh, i i don't think so that havertz i think that havertz was uh, not really great in the first game but it was not really his fault it was the position he was playing i mean that you can't ask havertz to play on the right wing because he has never played that position and he doesn't have the skill set to play that position because he is he can either play as an interior or as a second striker or false nine that is where havertz is at his best Uh, so i think that uh, this is something that lampard will easily rectify and definitely havertz won't be playing at that right wing position for very long uh, absolutely i think uh, that kind of covers the attacking area but but to talk about two very great right backs that we faced during the entire match number 1 lamty and number 2 reece james i think both of them were phenomenal youngsters who are a force to reckon with what are your thoughts on it yash I would agree that Reece James and Lamptey were phenomenal, especially Reece James because he scored a he scored a beautiful goal and he made even an assist. So although Brighton had a fair good chance in the first half and Havertz wasn't on his prime and Werner got injury on his knee, so I thought Brighton might might be stealing the show. But James stood up and helped his team even in the absence of uh, Aspilicueta. The team did well, pretty well. I thought that. Aspilicueta could be the one the team needed the most he was the captain and and I thought they needed his leadership but James Rate put out put out a show for us I mean yeah the dynamic in that game was like really interesting you know uh, like Lamptey was just sold by Chelsea this season uh, and he had a point to prove so that first half performance from Lamptey I think I think he was great in the entire game but that first half especially I think that he was running circles around Marcus Alonso. Like Mar- Marcus Alonso was not even in the same league as Ram- Lamptey, and I think that Reece James somehow tweets in the halftime and was like, uh, "Fuck it, let me take over this game," and then scored that brilliant stunner, followed by that amazing assist as well. So yeah, the very interesting uh, duel between the two. Yeah, absolutely, and a very fun game to watch. A uh, a uh, a very attacking game. With chances on either side, I think that, that was a good watch. Uh, I think we move on to uh, our next important match, uh, the first match of the entire game week, which was Arsenal Fulham. Uh, so uh, that was a good match uh, with Willian kind of dominating the entire pitch, and uh, as the new signing, I think nobody expected Willian to do this well in at least Arsenal system and gel so well with Arteta right at the start. uh what are your thoughts on the match uh, abro uh it was a beautiful beautiful game uh arsenal were very good offensively and defensively gabriel the debutant was very good except that one small mix up in the beginning he was solid he completed almost all of his passes around 104 out of 107 and uh 
he also scored his debut goal which was assisted by villian now villian is a great signing because uh, apart from a good winger that we had in pepe he was attacking he was crossing well villian has also been doing that but one thing we needed was a person who was good at set pieces that is villian because uh, in recent times from free kicks we've usually blasted it over the bar but villian hit the post he came close he assisted the gabriel goal from the corner so i think uh, villian had a great game gabriel had a great game and oba scoring was obviously very good for us and for his confidence uh, and so i think arsenal does have a real good chance of finishing in top 4 considering arteta's style of play being implemented so well i think yeah, i think everyone expected villian to perform well because like it is not something new for him he has like moved just two blocks away so this is like every day's work for him and he did his job uh, i think that it was just fulham i think that fulham were like looked a bit lifeless uh, it was their first game back as well so there might be nerves uh, so i don't think so that we can judge anything at all from this game uh, but uh, arsenal had a job to do and they did it well so yeah <clears throat> i would actually say i would actually say that gunners are back i mean they found their line they had uh, good signings gabriel and william although i thought that william won't be starting in the game week one because he is a new signing and they had saka who had who had been a good player and i thought that saka and obamyang could pick up a great team uh, pick, pick up a great line through the uh, through the match and as obro clearly pointed out gabriel had great passes and he made most of them he even scored a header goal assisted by villian again so i thought that arsenal found found their line they are going to come back of course i see them in the top 4 clearly and yeah it has been their biggest win in the pl since like what 2018 away win sorry i mean i mean to say gunners are back off a win against a team like fulham is quite a reach to say the least i mean uh, it, it 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 didn't look like a very dominant showing to say i mean Fulham just weren't on top of anything. Uh, they looked sloppy and like, uh, yeah, Ars- Ars- Arsenal really didn't have to hold their line or you know push back against great counters or great chances that have happened. So to so to kind of say just just like of going off this match, uh, there's still a lot that Arsenal has to prove, especially Arteta against the big teams throughout the season. Um, and I, I think they're they're going to be an interesting team to watch throughout the entire season. Uh, top four is something that is very contested in the forms of, of course, Chelsea, the defending champions, Liverpool, the runners-up, Manchester City, uh, Man United, who have made some good signings. Um, and uh, well, uh, on that topic, Spurs. But uh, of course, as we've seen, an absolute joke. Of- yeah, but uh, Arteta's side has performed well against top teams in the recent past, considering the uh, FA Cup win against Chelsea. then the community shield win against liverpool just 2 3 weeks back so i think considering their end to this end to last season and start to this season the way they've played the system the uh, the organization even at the back and while in attack they are really doing well under arteta and i see them as sure shot contenders for top 4 I feel that like it's too too soon to tell that if we are got Gunners back because you know, I mean, Gunners always have a high phase and the low phase. Under Emery, we were having an 18 match or 19 match unbeaten run, but still in the second half of the season, obviously we start started losing points. So I guess it's too soon to tell if we are got the Gunners back. But 
the one difference that we can say between uh, between the present gunners and the past gunners is that they have finally found the formation that are, they are good at uh, i think emery tried all the formation and since he still couldn't play all the best players and he still couldn't find the results but i think under arteta we have found the formation that is 343 he knows that we are we are defensively lacking as compared to the other teams and we don't have the creative ability to uh, creative uh, we don't have a number proper number 10 to you know find the final pass to score goals that's why he has shifted this form uh, shifted to this formation which is quite helping us defensively also and offensively also yeah i i think arsenal are definitely contenders but to say that they are guaranteed top 4 is a joke at this point they they're yet to prove themselves in the course of the entire season like dig vijay mentioned uh the second half of the season which is more important to arsenal fans to kind of continue that rhythm of winning or an unbeaten streak going into the second half and that's going to be an important thing to look for but uh to to now talk about kind of the surprises that we had this game week and i think the biggest one being everton beating spurs and the everton side looking quite deadly with a revamped uh, midfield so uh, do you have any insights on the new everton side to shot Ah, uh, sure. I mean, Everton. For me, Everton are the side to look out for this season. I mean, it was Wolves for a couple of seasons. For a couple of seasons, but Everton are looking really, really strong, man. With James Rodriguez, I mean, I think that uh, for a player of James's caliber, Everton is a side too small for him. Uh, with all due respect to the uh, Merseyside side, uh, or even uh, even without James, like Calvert Lewin and Richarlison are a Uh, deadly pair. Uh, uh, their fullbacks are great as well. Dean especially has uh, performed really well for the past three seasons in the Premier League. So yeah, and uh, I think that uh, as good as Everton were, uh, the main focus of our discussion should be how lackluster Spurs were. I mean, I think that I have a lot of hopes for for Spurs this season because uh, giving the tra- track record of Mourinho's second season everywhere he goes. I mean, Mourinho in second season like is a completely different manager. because uh, but i don't think so that what spurs showed last uh, week was uh, a testimony to that because uh, they looked la- they looked lacking in ideas they did not know what to do they did not know how to respond and most importantly they could not contain hames rodriguez i mean hames were like hitting every ball that he got out of the park he created like five chances which is the maximum that any debut player has ever created in premier league so that's a great feat Uh, so yeah, Spurs have a lot of things to worry about. Yeah, Tottenham, uh, Tottenham were bad. Like, I mean, really bad. Did this just look like a lot of very frustrated players in no direction? Well, I mean, under uh, under Mourinho, how can someone play like that? Uh, one thing about Mourinho's team is that his team were always well drilled, and on the pitch you could always see a plan, a plan uh, that what they were going to do, what they are, what they are doing, and what they will do. but this time their players were not uh, did not look fit there was a sh- sharp difference in sh- uh, sorry there was a difference in sharpness to ev- sharpness they did like they did like look like they were they had even worked hard together so i guess if they continue to play like this i don't think that they'll have a very enjoyable season yeah they definitely look dull and sloppy quite a lot and and i think <laughs> from the documentary that is it is visible that mourinho has worked more on his jokes on the spurs team than actual game plans uh, that but, documentary is really fun though guys recommend everyone to watch it 
absolutely you know just just go on have some banter but i but i think uh, coming on to a second surprise which was uh, crystal palace in southampton uh, i think uh, everyone kind of expected southampton to get an easy win uh, right off the bat and crystal palace having probably the worst home record at least in attacking uh, last season it, it was quite a surprise for them to come out on top so what are your thoughts on it uh, yash yeah absolutely southampton would uh, would have been the better side i guess i would i would put money on southampton if it, uh, i were to ask before the match because southampton especially ings were, was a great goal scorer the previous season he was runner up to the golden boot race and he has reached the net i guess 20 times in the previous season so i thought southampton would be the clear winner and moreover as you spot, as you said that crystal palace had had the worst record in a premier league season ever uh, recorded for a team they only scored 15 goals in like 18 ma- 18 home games so i thought gita would fail again and crystal palace would at least concede two or three goals but that wasn't the case southampton dominated uh, i mean crystal palace dominated the game they even scored twice but it got, uh, zaha was caught in an offside so southampton i saw didn't have any chance with gita scoring uh, with gita saving so many chances i guess ings one is was in his pocket all the time yeah i think that pretty much sums it up um crystal palace surprising southampton which is also an interesting point and on the uh, note of surprises another uh, new team that kind of revamped themselves with bournemouth signings in the newcastle side which managed to beat to west ham 2-0 and i think uh, the signings of both uh, callum wilson and fraser kind of look deadly uh, just in that newcastle side and how impactful they're going to be this season uh, so what are your thoughts on it abro uh newcastle has been doing well uh, with their summer business callum wilson is a proven premier league striker ryan fraser was linked to arsenal in the past seasons he is a good winger and uh, i think he'll do well and especially having someone like wilson who he's worked with before is obviously a plus and uh, their midfield is also looking good this season with hendricks in form and uh, i think they are a side to look out for this season they could be a surprise for top 10 i think i think yeah newcastle Newcastle were really great uh, last season as well. I mean, they finished the season very strongly. Uh, they had like a unbeaten run of like eight games. Uh, players like Joel Linton were doing really great. And now add two really, as Obro mentioned, Premier League veterans in Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser. Not veterans, but just because the experience that they have uh, in the Premier League for the past five years. So add them to this side, and South uh, Newcastle are looking really deadly. Uh, moreover, like Wilson and Fraser are. Like great players, as Obro mentioned, that Fraser was linked to Arsenal. Wilson also was uh, uh, linked to Chelsea for a really long time. So these are not like any bo- mid-table or bottom of the table players. These are like really, really good players. So yeah, Newcastle are another side that we should look out for this season. Yeah, actually, I would, actually, I would say that this came out to be a surprise for me was because I thought that West Ham were clear favourites because. Burnemouth both both the players Callum Wilson and Fraser from were from Burnemouth who just got relegated and West Ham had a pretty well pre-season with Jared Bowen scoring four goals in two dep in two start startings and he may he also made an assist so I thought that West Ham were clear favorites for the match even 
Antonio was playing great in the previous the end of the previous season and with Felipe Anderson so this came out to be a surprise for me i don't look much into preseason as like testimony to how the side is going to perform because like spurs wins trophies in the preseason all the time real madrid <laughs> lost to atletico 7 2 last time in the preseason and look what happened after that so i never take preseason as uh, the uh, like proof of how the team is going to uh, do but sure if west ham did well in the preseason then you might have thought that they are going to perform really well but premier league is different ball game uh, so yeah yeah plus west ham usually flop in the beginning of the season and towards the end where they are fighting a relegation battle someone comes up as a savior like last season antonio scored four goals in a single match and uh, got them really out of that relegation battle but yeah it wasn't that big of a surprise but yeah it was a fairly big surprise considering yeah. newcastle's recent form exactly like uh, if you're watching a pl match west ham are rarely ever the favorites it's either a very close battle that they'll have or something that is more one sided against one of the top teams such as chelsea liverpool or man city uh and and i think that kind of covers most of the matches that were uh, noteworthy uh barring of course the sheffield and bulls which was uh, I, I, as i would like to put it very straightforwardly complete and utter domination of the sheffield side by the very good looking bulls and i think there's little that we can discuss apart from the fact that every player on the pitch was phenomenal for bulls and, and i think with that we kind of move on to individual player performances and uh, i i think we kind of have to start with who were your top 3 players for this game week digvijay uh, for me it's definitely going to be william sala and uh, callum wilson i mean uh, uh, these, these players were amazing william william was uh, william's debut could not have been better for arsenal uh, he did the work what he was brought for that is create chances and sala uh, is true what a player he is he is truly a star for uh, for all occasions at liverpool he was very comfortably dribbling across the defenders of leeds and uh, only problem that he felt was that he could have more assist but mane didn't create uh, score those chances so i feel that sala and mane were definitely the stars of this game week so oh, sorry sala and uh, sala and william i'm so sorry Yeah, I think Salah would probably be in everyone's list. Scoring a hat trick, I think nobody can deny him to be one of the top performers this game week. Uh, an absolute beast, and 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 the second goal was an absolute banger, slotting right into the top corner, and that that's always a goal you're happy to score. And I think Salah is definitely up there scoring a hat trick. I mean, yeah, like Salah's the Obas, they were themselves, right? Do you expect them to do that? because they have been doing it for in the premier league for quite some while but a few players that i would like to mention as the our perform uh, uh, my favorite performers would be one would be lamptey who like really impressed me uh, then there was uh, hames rodriguez who had an insane debut and i think that he is going to be one of the top players in the entire premier league this season and there was also reese james who was again brilliant uh, so yeah Yeah, I, I think Reese James and uh, Lamptey are definitely some, definitely people who had very good first games, and they were like absolutely phenomenal. And that kind of performance would have won them 
the game against any team for that matter. And, and I think it was very unfortunate that uh, Lamptey didn't quite get the support from the teammates in both finishing chances and kind of creating them. However, I think definitely, as you point out, Lamptey and Reese James were very good lookouts. I think to that list, I'd also like to add Zaha, who, who had quite a good game against uh, Southampton. Uh, and, and and I feel like that the, the, this is an indicator of how good Zaha, Zaha actually is and what kind of potential he has, which is why he has been also connected to so many big teams. Yeah, I would just like to give a shout-out in the middle of these, these player section. I would like to give a shout-out to Gita, the goalkeeper of Crystal Palace, who made such great saves against the South London side, against the Saints. Uh, to be statistical, he made five saves and they were like totally awesome. So I would add Gita to the list of the best players in the game week one. Yeah, and uh, Gabriel had a very good game, scored a goal, was solid at the back. Uh, and if not for Williams' outstanding performance, I think he would have won the man of the match in the game. Plus, we had Allen. He was a pretty solid defensive cover in uh, Everton's midfield because James Rodriguez, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin all were very great attacking threats. But Dukure, Allen, Dinier, they were all very solid at the back, of course, with Dinier also uh, assisting that, assisting that uh, Calvert-Lewin goal from that free kick. That was beautiful. Dinia has been doing that for the past one season. They, they, he has been their best player. And uh, although he had fallen off form towards the end of last season, doing well, coming back to his form this season seems like a very big plus for Everton. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I think to cover some uh, quite disappointing performances and very underwhelming ones, I, I think on top of that list, we kind of have to have Firmino, I, I I really couldn't see his worth in the Liverpool side uh, at least this game week. He, he he just didn't finish, and I and I know Liverpool fans love that he's a registered striker who likes to play centre back and tackle. But but as, as a striker, you have got to finish the chances, and and I just didn't see Firmino doing that. I think that was a very disappointing and underwhelming performance from him. Are there and, any other players and that you obviously? Kind of and obviously Liverpool's backline, Trent and Van Dyke, they were poor. Then Sheffield were poor because uh, considering last season, one had many hopes from Wilder's team. But uh, their defence wasn't that good. They weren't very uh, threatening going forward. Of course, they have had outgoings. They had to sell... Uh, Henderson back to Manchester United and of course they have had changes but you don't expect them to perform that uh, you don't expect them to be rolled over like that by a team in the Premier League in the first game I mean yeah uh, like coming back to Firmino I think that he is one of the most protected players out there I mean the dude can't finish with his life on the line I think that Liverpool players got to stop uh, giving excuses for him like he plays, uh, he's like a defensive striker or plays as a false nine period stances and stuff like that. Because uh, in a team like Liverpool, like elite team, one of the best in entire Europe, you cannot have a striker who scores like six goals per season. That is not something that you can afford because you don't have a Cristiano Ronaldo on the wings. They have Mane and Salah, but there is not a Cristiano Ronaldo who would give you 50 goals a season. 
so i think that it has been working for liverpool for the past couple of seasons but this is not what they can maintain in the future and talking about uh, players uh, who have been disappointing i think that the entire spurs team i think that they were ridiculously bad and deserve every bit of criticism that they are getting uh for me uh, for me it was it would be richarlison because although the toffees won their first match with calvert lewin scoring the header i think richarlison was a bit off mark because he made he missed two or three clear clear chances he had in the match so if toffees would have got a draw or anything close to a close to a loss it would have been on richarlison i think i would really disagree with your share i think that richarlison was phenomenal even though he missed those two chances he won 11 out of 11 duels can you believe that uh, what a great statistic that is i mean the dude was unbeatable on the field uh, you go uh, in the in the air richarlison is simply unstoppable you cannot stop him in there and he is great at dribbling as well i think that he showed all those things in the first game yes his finishing was a bit lacking but calling him disappointing would be an overstatement the goals he missed it was all his creation he was he was very difficult to play for spurs and i wouldn't call him disappointing at all he just had a bad game week that's all but i think he has a lot of potential i mean he has showed in all these years at everton that he is he is a best player and he uh, in this season he'll also prove his worth Uh, for me, the uh, worst performance would be of Robin Koch. He was brought as a replacement for Ben White, and his debut was nothing less than a nightmare. He gave an uh, early penalty. He lost Van Dijk for Liverpool's second goal, and that was really poor. I mean, you cannot excuse him for, because of his recent arrival. He improved after twenty uh, minutes or so, which will I put down to combination of nerves and unfamiliarity with his teammates, and. Uh, uh i but i still feel he needs to improve a lot because he has been uh, he has been bought for replacement for a, uh, he has been bought for replacement for ben white and ben white was absolutely phenomenal for uh, leeds and he has a uh, big boots to fill the name is pronounced robert cock by the way <laughs> oh bet so uh, moving very quickly away from that uh, we will we kind of focusing on i think what we kind of expect out of uh, let's say game week 2 uh, both in terms of the interesting matches that we might have and also possibly fpl picks for all the podcast listeners that they can uh, get and transfer in to their team so i think the first and the most important match up that we have next week is going to be chelsea liverpool uh, which which i think is a must watch for any football fan out there because that's going to be a super interesting match and possibly quite thrilling and a positive result for chelsea i mean yeah like liverpool the defending champions chelsea with all their signings one of the favorites this season i think that even the chelsea signings like pulisic would play that game pulisic thiago silva and maybe even zh so that would be a really interesting game to watch really looking forward to it Yeah, and just to pick out the players for the FPL next week. Next week, I would pick out Everton's player like Digne. I will put my money on Calvert Lewin because, of course, uh, Everton has the next three fixtures very pretty easy fixtures, which are rated two on the FDR scale. So I would pick Everton's uh, Everton's players, and I would even put my money on Lamptey, who had been phenomenal against Chelsea. 
not to forget not to forget Reese James who who has possible uh, crossing chances with Werner, Ziyech, Pulisic and everyone uh, on the pitch. So yeah. I think about FP yeah. even Bamford is a great prospect you know I think that I was really impressed with what he did the chances that uh, Leeds created the attacking football that they play and the movement of Bamford has in the box so I think that uh, Bamford is another great prospect that we can look forward in the FPL next week Yeah of course I think against Fulham uh, the Leeds striker Rodrigo the new signing is also possibly a good striker to look at if you are lacking in the attacking end um, and i think also another interesting matchup is going to be wolves man city uh, man city playing their first match and wolves being the underdogs that they are and looking very dominant that's also going to be not an easy fixture for uh, wolves did a double against manchester city last season and traore usually performs well versus manchester city so even for fpl and in general he'll be a very uh, good player to watch also for fpl uh, one can look at justin he just he costs just 4.5 and he's been in uh, leicester's backline because pereira has been injured and he'll surely play and leicester has easy fixtures in the next four game weeks barring that manchester city game and i think he'll be a good addition and i think that kind of wraps up our discussion leaving you with some fpl picks that you can possibly use and uh, giving you an idea of what to what kind of good games to expect and what you should be on the lookout for next game week uh, also discussing a, a, in some depth the matches that happened during game week 1 and how those kind of play out for the title race but i i think this was a very fruitful discussion we had and if you want to join us or get in contact with us and join our community uh, feel free to uh, join our discord the link will be in the uh, link will be down below and stay tuned for the next episode of the turf football podcast thanks for listening